Welcome to another episode of the Tears Beneath podcast. I'm back after two weeks. So, Craig is on with us. So is Ryan and so is Nicky. What's happening, guys? All right, mate. Yeah, we'll start where we always start. Games you were at during the week. I wasn't at any because I was working all weekend. Craig and Ryan, you were at some South Challenge Cup games. Where did you go? Um, so at the South Challenge Cup, I went to Hillebeef Hawthorne versus Cumbernauld Colts. Uh, East of Scotland Premier versus Lowland League um, and Cumbernauld Colts won the game 2-1. It was a, a great football match to watch. Um, I had said that, you know, how it be for you know, a bit disappointing last time I saw them against Tayport. Um, they were the complete opposite when I saw them on Saturday. Um, obviously, Alan Moody has, has came in charge uh, from Newborough Juniors and he seems to have... Uh, you know, got things back to where they should be. So the way the game played out, the visitors, uh, Cumbernauld Colts, they scored first in the 23rd minute. Um, it was a pretty close game, but there was a, a really dangerous ball played in. And uh, Cole McIntyre, he's, he's scored by a really powerful header. It gave the, the keeper absolutely no chance at all. So uh, a great goal for the Colts to open the score in. But the Hawes um, weren't prepared to back down and it only took them uh, about four minutes. Uh, Jordan Tosh found himself in no man's land. There was no one near him. It was him and the keeper, one-on-one, and he lobbed the keeper uh, into the back of the net. So um, a fantastic equaliser. And then we, we thought you know, there might be a, a shock on the cards here because the game was pretty even. But then things got a bit strange. The, the referee was having a bit of a field day making bad decisions and bad decisions can be you know really costly especially in a close game it was around the 45 45 minutes in so it was just before half time i think he gave a penalty against uh, the Hawes for a handball which seemed it's probably one of the harshest handball decisions i've seen i've no doubt that the ball hit the you know the player's hand but it looked more ball at hand it wasn't like he could magically move his arm out of the way um he wasn't doing he wasn't doing it intentionally it was just the ball's been you know smashed at his his arm and it's hit him uh they gave the penalty and then um reg mclaren scored that to give uh cumberland colts a 2-1 lead and then things just got bonkers not long after, uh, Connor McLaren, so that's the other McLaren that plays for Cumbernauld Colts, went over the ball with one of the worst tackles I've seen in a long time. Just completely nailed the, the player. Could have resulted in a serious injury. Luckily, it didn't. And he was sent off a uh, straight red. So the referee got that one right, at least. And then, basically, there was a big tussle between you know, like Dar- uh, Darren Dodds and the the Colts staff with the referee when they were trying to go in at half time, they were kicking off about the red card. The Hawes were kicking off about the penalty being given against them. It just it was just a bit hostile, to be honest. But then the second half came out. Hawes have got an extra man. Uh, they're a goal behind, but you know they did create good chances in the first half. They they created so many you know decent opportunities, but they just weren't able to convert. They had a couple of shots that were literally, you know, about five yards. The ball was placed about five yards away from the line and they just couldn't put them away. And it just didn't look like it was going to be their day. And um, yeah, Cumbernauld Colts, they did defend well as well. And they they held on for the win. 
Um, so, you know, fair play to them. They've done it with, you know, they were a man down. But um, I, I feel really bad for, like, Hillard B. Hawthorne. and I thought they were thought they were excellent. I thought they more than matched Colts for large portions of the game, but they just didn't have the rub of the green. Cumbernauld Colts have now got a, a home tie against Irvin Meadow in the next round, which is quite a, a tasty fixture. Imagine if uh, they were coming through to Hill of Beef, they were doing brilliant, but again, fair play to Cumbernauld Colts. They, you know, they deserved the win. They had to work hard for it. Brian, you with it two games? Was it two, mate? Yeah, so the first one was on Friday night. We bit of Friday night football under the lights at Musselburgh. Uh, they were hosting Edinburgh College in the South Challenge Cup. Uh, so obviously Musselburgh sitting fourth in the East of Scotland Premier. Edinburgh College in the East of Scotland Second Division. They're going pretty well in that league as well. Uh, second at the moment. So uh, a little bit of golf between the, the two sides in terms of the, the league standings, but it was a game that I sort of went along to thinking that potentially there could be a, a wee bit of an upset, but uh, it didn't transpire that, that way. Musselburgh ran out comfortable when I was winning 7-1 in the end. Uh, to be perfectly honest, though, it was a comfortable win for Musselburgh. They controlled the game. They deserved a win, but Edinburgh College weren't as bad as that scoreline suggests. Um, they actually went 1-0 up. Musselburgh did get a goal early doors disallowed, I think. Crossing into the box was a header. I did they see what it was for? I think it was perhaps a, a push. Just before the 10 minute mark, uh, Sam Kelly for Edinburgh College was slipped through after Musburgh lost the ball in the middle of the park and, and he uh, uh, finished it off well to, to get him the lead. They certainly started the game pretty well. They looked, they looked a threat going forward. It was just a few minutes later, though, that Musselburgh actually got back on level terms. Uh, Nathan Evans. If anybody's seen Nathan Evans, I think he's one of the fastest players I've, I've ever seen. We had him at Bonnerig um, for a wee while. Didn't quite make it at Bonnerig. He had a wee spell at Trenent as well, where he wasn't, as, uh, wasn't successful there as well. But Musselburgh seems to be where he's, he's comfortable because we signed him from Musselburgh and he scored a barrel of the goals for him in his first spell. And he's, he's doing it again in this spell. Got a hat-trick um, on that game on Friday night. He obviously made it 1-0. He then got the second goal on the 20 minute mark to make it 2 1. Uh, just a wee word on the, the assist, or the, certainly the build up to that goal, Zach Can, uh, Musselburgh winger, another player that we had at Bonnerig. This run was absolutely incredible. He's picked up the ball on the edge of his own box, and he must have beat about five or six players jumping over challenges. Got to the, the edge of the opposition box, he's cut it back for, for Jordan Smith, who's hit a shot well saved, but it's uh, fell right to Evans and he's tapped it in. It was quickly 3-1. Jordan Smith scored probably the easiest goal he'll ever score in his life. It was a ball played right across the face of goal. Edinburgh College defenders and keeper just get a bit, yeah, a bit of confusion amongst themselves and they let it run all the way to the back post and Smith basically tapped it in on the on the goal line. Uh, and then five minutes later, Jamie Todd got headed to make it 4-1. Sounds like a all-one-way traffic in the first half, to be honest, but Edinburgh College did create quite a few half chances in that half as well. They, they looked a threat going forward, as I said. I could see why they're doing so well in their own league up against teams of a similar calibre. You can see why they've, they, they're a threat and they score goals and, and they're doing as well as they are. Musselburgh obviously just a step up in class. So it was 4-1 at half time and the second half and to be honest it was a bit of a disaster in the opening sort of five minutes of the second half for Edinburgh College. Just two minutes in there was a back pass to their goalkeeper I don't know if he was trying to be a bit too clever with his pass, um, but he passed it straight to the feet of Jordan Smith, the Musselburgh striker, and he had a, an easy tap in. 
and I think that just sort of knocked the stuffing right out of Edinburgh College. They just the heads went down after that. They, they didn't really seem to have the same attacking threat that they they carried in the first half. Edinburgh College then conceded two penalties quick succession. Nathan Evans was brought down in the box. I think it was Evans anyway. He was wiped out again by the goalie, so it was a bit of rash tackle by the goalie. Uh, Evans stepped up to the penalty for his hat trick, um, but ten minutes later. Another penalty. Uh, there was a foul by a defender from a corner. Uh, Evans gave this one to Jordan Smith, who had already scored two, so he put that away for his hat trick as well. Uh, and that was uh, that was seven one at that point. With still twenty minutes to go, so you're probably thinking how many are Musselburgh going to go on and score here? Nathan Evans has hit the post. To be fair, the Edinburgh College keeper has made a decent save from a one on one. And to be fair to them, although they were seven one down with with twenty minutes to go, they could have just chucked in the towel, but. Musselburgh created quite a few chances and Edinburgh College defended well. Um, there was a really a brilliant double sort of goal and clearance from a Musselburgh defender. But to be honest, the damage was already done. Musselburgh, comfortable win for them. It could have been a wee bit more of a respectable scoreline for Edinburgh College if they had sort of cut out some of the, the errors. But again, like I said, they're playing against top quality opposition there. So, um, But yeah. Uh, I think they'll be absolutely fine in their league. As I said, they looked like a, a decent outfit, and the the scoreline was maybe a wee bit harsh on them. But yeah, so that was that was the first game on the Friday night. I was expecting a wee bit a better crowd, but it just been a sort of Friday night game and not many other games on. But to be fair, the weather was brutal. The rain was so bad. Uh, it was the first time I've actually went to all of Bank and stood um, under the enclosure. I always like going up on the wee grass embankment because you get a really good view. Um, but it was far too wet for that, so I stood in the enclosure. Uh, I think that might have affected the crowd a wee bit, to be fair. But yeah, good game, good win for Musselburgh. They go into the next round. I think uh, they've got Berwick Rangers at home in the next round, so that should be a tasty tie. Obviously playing a, against a Lowland team, but a, a, probably a Lowland team that they would fancy their chances of getting a, a result against. Second game, I decided to go along to the Penny Pit and go and see Preston v Arniston. And I noticed the Arniston Twitter actually tweeted me saying uh, you're a closet Arniston fan these days so you, you want a season ticket so I think I've been going along to see them quite a lot um, but I, I replied to them saying it's just testament to the, the entertaining football that they're playing and to be fair I thought that game would be an entertaining one and it certainly delivered um, it was Preston 2 Arniston 5 there was two goals inside the first four minutes Preston went 1-0 up Paul Curry with a header from a corner in the first minute the main man that I'm going to talk about uh, Niall Kemp for Arniston Rangers he equalised uh, three minutes later great through ball by Tom Davis there was huge offside shouts from the Preston uh, support and the bench potentially might have been offside but again at that level it's hard when there's no linesman and to be fair is that quick that it's a split second decision for the referee to make so it might have been offside but uh, he finished it well anyway went through and goal and finished it well uh, and as I said the main man on the day Niall Kemp He's he's been absolutely on fire for Arniston. Arniston are missing their main man for goals up front, Aaron Laidlaw. Um, so Niall Kemp's been playing through the middle in his absence. And saw him last week, scored the winner last week. Said on last week's podcast he could have had at least a hat trick, and I think he made up for it on Saturday. Um, the sort of missed chances, no missed chances. The keeper denied him a lot last week, but those ones that he could have got last week, he certainly got on Saturday. Scored four goals in that five-two win. He made it two-one. Uh, Preston made it two all just before half time with another header from a corner. Uh, that took it in half time. 
But then the second half, Arniston just came out and blew Preston away, to be honest. Um, and everything good came through the, the boy Niall Kemp, as I said. He won a penalty, got filled in the box, dusted himself off, stepped up, took it, slotted at home. Then 15 minutes for time, another through ball. Again, Niall Kemp just using his pace, getting him behind the Preston defence. One on one with the keeper, again, composed finish. Uh, that was 4-2, and to be honest, pretty much game over. Pre- uh, sorry, Arniston, they made a, a host of subs, introduced a few of their under-20s players, um, and it was one of the under-20s players, Fraser Swan, just with the last sort of kick of the game. He got played through, one one with the keeper again, uh, and made it 5-2 to book Arniston's place in the next round. So sets up a nice wee tie for them in the next round. Uh, a trip through to Auchinleck Talbot. I can't remember what the draw is in full, but already that looks like a, a very good... I really impressed with Arniston I've seen him a few times now brilliant side, really youthful energetic side, play brilliant football score goals uh, they've just added Mikey Hamilton from Preston as well, another striker, they signed him just after the game um, at the weekend actually, so he'll add to their firepower up front, so they're going great guns at the moment, uh, and as I said, Talbot in the next round for them. Nicky, were you at any games at the weekend? Yeah, managed to make it along to a local game here, Rothis um, versus Lossie, um, two teams struggling this season in the Highland League. Um, those games sound like there was loads of action, loads of loads of goals. This one, not not so much. Um, lots of those sort of half chances, edge of the box stuff that goes flying over the bar. Um, but you could see from both teams that just not a lot of confidence in, in what they were doing. Um, game was one second half with a, a kind of header from a corner. Ben Johnson got the run on a defender and got a good, good header into the corner. Lossie never really looked like getting back into it. Roth is actually the first time I've been back there since the, it was the first game I ever went to in the Highlands League and fell in love with it with an exciting game, but don't know if this would have would have done it for me if this was the first game that I was going to. But um Roth is a lovely stadium just by the just by the spade, just in the, the forest down by the space. So lovely um it was lovely weather up here, so it was a nice nice day to go to football. But the action on the park not quite as exciting as what they what the guys have um described down the road. So before we get torn into the South Challenge Cup, because there's a lot to cover in that competition. We'll stick you now in the cake because the Highland League had pretty much a full card. What would you say the standout is probably Banks of D beating Bucky? Yeah, that really has to be the, the standout game really. Um, we said it on the pod last week, it doesn't take a, a genius to work out. That was the, the game and um, Banks managed to win the game 2-0, putting their first first defeat on Bucky this, this season. The game itself looked like quite a, a kind of hard-fought battle in battling game that you quite often get up here um, but the first goal was um, real quality it was um, Mark Gilmore just picks the ball up the halfway line I think beats maybe two or three players and just then rifles it into the rifles it into the back of the net a lovely a lovely goal and then the second second goal's a bit more scrappy just a goal from a corner but the Bucky Cooper will be a bit disappointed because he pulls up off quite a good double save from a penalty um, gives away the corner and then instantly concedes from that corner so that's quite frustrating when that happens um, then later on in the game there was kind of two two red card incidents the first one for Bucky looking at the highlights is a bit of an odd one um, Bucky win a, win a free kick and player McCaskill goes over to, to take the free kick 
He's obviously saying something to the referee because in- instantly gets red carded before he takes the free kick, and then he just turns and walks down the tunnel um, without without seeming to say anything else. So I don't know what what exactly he said to get a, a straight red card, but even he seemed to agree with it. Then later on, the Bucky obviously chasing the game, and the game's looking a bit stretched and a bit more um, tackles going flying in everywhere and. Um, Banks pair goes towards one of the Bucky players and one of those ones where he, he does move his head forward and does make a little bit of contact, but the Bucky player goes down and one of those ones I think the referees doesn't don't really have an option when a player does something like that. So he got sent off from both teams down to ten men, but Banks managed to hang on to to win that game. That leaves for Martin now top on nineteen points and breaking three points back. Um, but we can have two games in hand. I'm talking about teams doing better than than you thought. There's now um, seven teams split by two points just behind them, including Huntley and Tariff, who are probably the surprise candidates at the top. Um, I always think leagues take maybe 10 games to, to, to really form what the league's going to be about. So if those teams can hang in there for the next kind of three games and could have a really interesting title race at the top when... It looked at the start like we were just going to see another, see how many games Breakin and um, Bucky would lose and it would be those two just fighting it out way ahead at the top. So hopefully we can we can see a bit more of a, an exciting challenge at the top. And just quickly, the other the other game that kind of stood out to me was um, Nairn County, who have now won five games in a row, um, beating um, Struggling and Brewery 4-0. They scored one goal in the first half and then another three in the second second half. One of which was a bit a bit like the Bucky game. The keeper saved another penalty, which sprung straight back to the taker, who then headed it past the keeper while the keeper was still lying on the on the ground. Yeah, that's then won five five in a row and struggled a bit at the start of the season. Just with I think just they played some of the big teams at the start and now now they've. We sort of know know what they're going to be like, and I think they're going to be pretty safe in the the middle of the table. The three at the bottom still, Strasby, um, Inverudi, and um, Lossie, all all haven't haven't managed to pick up a win yet, and I think they are probably going to be the three at the bottom of the league that um, will be sweating come the end of the season. And the games between them are probably going to be crucial to see if if there is a a playoff game who who does finish bottom of that bottom of that division. Nicky, who do you think will finish? But we were speaking to Graham. I don't think he put this in the podcast. I think he put it in our chat, and he said that Strasbourg Thistle will not finish bottom, which they would be my favourites to finish bottom, to be honest, and they'd be most people's, I'm guessing. But he he reckons that they'll they'll stay up because they're probably or might not even be a playoff anyway. But he doesn't think they'll finish bottom of the higher league. I was just interested to see your thoughts. Yeah, I saw them um, against Forest in the first game of the season, and although they lost it. They were a lot better than they were the previous season, and having seen Lossie now, I think they're probably worse than worse than they were. If you were wanting safe safe money, you'd probably bet um, Strasbourg would would finish would finish bottom if you were wanting to bet on it. But I think it'll be it'll be much much closer, and you know what confidence is like at that level. If I think they are playing next month, Lossie and Strasbourg. So if Strasbourg can pick up a win in that, there would be nothing to stop them getting kind of five or six more points and and Lossie's heads dropping and them finishing bottom. I would be surprised if Inverurie 
finish bottom. I would be surprised, but probably Lossie and Strasbourg will, will fight it out. And um, yeah, I would probably put Strasbourg as, as favourites, but I wouldn't say it's as nailed on as it was last season. South Challenge Cup, there's loads to get torn into here, guys. So I think there's an there's a kind of elephant in the room here, isn't there? And that's probably Gretna beating Darvo. Yeah, um, Gretna beating Darvo two one. You know, if you look at the tiers on paper, Gretna should be winning that game anyway. But Gretna have obviously been really struggling this season. One win in the league, sitting second bottom, and then they're up against a decent Darvo side who are, you know, sitting fourth in the West of Scotland Premier League. You know, if you were to put your money on it, you'd probably put your money on Darvo, you know, based on the form. But yeah, uh, a bit of a shock, to be honest. Um, Darvo started well. Uh, they opened the scoring after only four minutes uh, from a deflected shot. And it looked like it was going to be Darvo's day. You know, you, you'd expect them to, if they, go, if they go in front, you'd expect them to hold on to that. But Robbie Iverson uh, equalised for Gretna 2008, just after the half hour mark. Um, and then it was a it was just a, a back and forth between the two sides, and the game went to extra time, um, and Gretna uh, two thousand eight ended up scoring a penalty in extra time with Jamie Armstrong to go two one up, and then Ferguson got sent off for Darvo uh, around the one hundred nineteenth minute, so a, a decent win for Gretna um, again. It proves that they do have quality in the side, clearly. You know, it's only their second win this season after, you know, beating the, the strollers in the league. Um, they are capable of beating teams, but it seems that consistency is the, the issue they have there. And they they find it harder if they are if they go behind by more than a goal. Maybe if Darvill got a second goal, they might have slipped away from them, but... You know, well done at Gretna. Uh, fantastic win for them at home. And, you know, after beating Darvo, they've now lined up another home tie and against another West of Scotland Premier side, and they've got St. Caddox, which, again, another really tough tie for them. I'm not sure if, they're, if they'll go in heavy favourites for that either. I think it's a good test for them. Um, I want to see, you know, Gretna 2008 do well. Maybe they'll find uh, you know a bit of life through the the cup competitions. They seem to be, you know, enjoying the South Challenge Cup. So I'm sure, uh, St. Caddox will be another good test for them. So we'll see if they can uh, they can make it two out of two against the West of Scotland Premier sides. Yeah, I know, I know St. Caddox have just been promoted, but on paper they're every bit as strong as Darvo. So that's going to be another another tough test for them, but. Honestly, if if you put a gun to my head and told me to pick a, a nailed on winner this weekend, Darvo would have been one of my picks, I think. They, so they they obviously go to Musselburgh this weekend in the Scottish Cup as well. So that's probably one that you're looking at thinking easy win for Musselburgh, but might make people think twice now. Maybe maybe Musselburgh will be looking at that as well, going maybe it'll be a straightforward win as as people thought. But. But we're saying it's it's only Gretna's second win of the season, but again, it's only Darvill's second loss of the season. They lost yeah. in the opening day to Glen Afton. They've since beaten Glen Afton 3 0 away. Last week, they beat Meadow 4 1 away. It's the only game they've, they've lost was that opening game. So, again, it's it shows how big and how good a result that actually was for Gretna. I know they're a league above, but 
there's a lot of teams in the pyramid that haven't really found a level. And I think maybe Gretna and Darvel are both in that category. But there's another another big result, Ryan, and that was Bonus losing to whoever Bonus lost to. Cumbernauld United. There we go, Cumbernauld United. Hi. Uh, so when I was looking through the results on Saturday afternoon, that was certainly one that stood out. We've spoke about Bonus a lot in the pod, going really well in the, the Lowland. Obviously had a wee bit of a blip. Started the season brilliantly. Altered ever so slightly, but then they seem to get themselves back on track, sitting fifth in the Lowland at the moment. Obviously, Cumberland United in the West of Scotland third, uh, sorry, second division. Uh, so three tiers separating them. But again, it just goes back to your point that obviously we're talking about cup shocks and tiers uh, between uh, certain teams, but a lot of the time you can't read into that because there's teams in the lower tiers that have a lot of quality and could probably hold their own in, in the leagues uh, above them so I would still put that down as a shock especially with it being at Bonness uh, and Cumbernauld actually going there and putting four past them I looked at the, the lineups and it was certainly a, a pretty much a full strength Bonness United side the number one keeper Musa Debaga was on the bench but uh, I'm sure they had a more than capable stand in there but apart from that really it was pretty much full strength from them uh, Bonus did go 1-0 up. Ryan Stevenson put them 1-0 up after 20 minutes. Not the same Ryan Stevenson that used to play for Hearts, here United, etc. Um, different one. But yeah, uh, and then after that, Cumbernauld just kind of ran ramp. After that, uh, went made it 1-0. John Cunningham, after about half an hour, 1-0 at half time. And then, yeah, second half, Cumbernauld United seemed to just take control. Seen it, uh, they hit the bar a minute into the second half. Followed it up a few minutes later, making it 2-1, Warren Omar. Uh, three minutes after that, there was a defensive mix-up from Bonesh United, uh, allowing uh, John Cunningham to get second. So that's less than 10 minutes into the second half, and, and Bonesh are probably thinking, chucked it here. Uh, 70th minute, Cumberland United go 4-1 up through Lee Whitmore. Uh, Mikey Gemmell did get one back for Bonesh to make it 4-2, but that was in the 85th minute, so pretty much just leaving themselves with a mountain decline there with five minutes to go. And uh, 4-2 was what it finished. Sets up a, a pretty decent tie for Cumbernauld United in the next round. I'd imagine they're at home to 4th Wanderers, so it's an all-West of Scotland second division tie there. They should be fully confident in going winning that. If they can go to Bonness and get a 4-2 win, then they'll fancy their chances against a team that are sitting three places below them in the same division. Interestingly, 4th Wanderers booked their place in, in that round. Uh, they set up the tie with Cumbernauld by beating the, the podcast team, uh, Wigton and Bladnock 4-1. So, disappointing there. We could have been talking about a Cumbernauld versus Wigton and Bladnock tie, but unfortunately not to be. But, yeah, that's a, a superb one for Cumbernauld United. Um, and I, I have a feeling that when we come to Team of the Week, they could be in with a, with a shout. You know what I, I really like about the two games that we've mentioned? That Gretna and Cumbernauld United, they've both had a couple of really difficult years Obviously, Gretna, I know they're still in the Lowland League, but they've been beaten most weeks. And, you know, they'll beat you really struggling to finish below them. Vale, even the year before, finished below them. But Gretna have not had it easy. Same with Cumbernauld United, two relegations on the spin. So to see them pick up results like that, it's it's quite warm. And it's, the fans that go there every week, we expect nah. them to get beat and then they get a day out like that. It's brilliant to see. That's that's where the cup competitions um, are fantastic. And like, you talk about the magic of the cup and that. You could be, like you said, following your team in in the league, getting 
scudded every week and then you could pull a result like that out of the bag. It's brilliant for the fans. It could potentially set up a, a wee bit of a, a sort of glamour tie or a wee day. Just something for the fans to look forward to, like which for teams like that, as you've said, they've not really had much to look forward to recently. So, nah, brilliant. Delighted for Cumbernauld United. Hopefully they can go on a wee run. I know there's still a lot of games to get through here, but I'm going to mention one or two. So the first one I want to pick out is BSC Glasgow beating Cali Locomotives 3-2 at home. Cali Locos, the mid-table in the second division, BSC Glasgow are in the fourth division, so two, two leagues between the sides. Again, that's one that I'd expect the Cali Locos to win pretty comfortably so far. BSC Glasgow to win that. It's won all at half-time as well, and then obviously BSC's got the 3-2 win at the end, but that's a phenomenal result, and that's kind of went under the radar a wee bit with the the big results that we've just mentioned that doesn't really get mentioned as much. Another one was Irvine Meadow beating Broomhill away. So you guys know Broomhill better than I do. You've seen them more than I have in the last couple of years. But Irvine Meadow have been struggling this year. New management team, so maybe you get a bit of a new manager bounce. But you know, for the the, the disappointment of getting put out of the Scottish Cup to Dunny Pace, where they were probably expected to win that. To then go away to Broomhill, where they're definitely not expected to win and pick up a 1-0 victory, that's that's a phenomenal result. That was another one that stood out to me when I was looking at the results. That one in the Cumbernauld United one in terms of teams for the, the West of Scotland, lower, sorry, lower divisions, uh, going, to, going to a low in league side and, and winning quite convincingly. So I definitely a really good result for them as well. We've spoke a lot about Broomhill and they're looking strong this season, experienced side, so... Another fantastic result for them. Another one was Pollock beating Solcoats 13-0. Now, you don't really like to see it. I know we spoke about Solcoats and their struggles before. It's pretty well documented. So just the fact that they're still kicking the ball now is a credit to themselves. But you can't even know credit Pollock for winning by 13. And it was their goalkeeper, Jordan Longmuir's 250th game for the club as well. So that deserves a wee... We tip of the cap. Forget obviously we've we've been talking about the results. We talk about fit like cup ties uh, that have been picked out and one that stands out to me probably because I'm in Fife, but Thornton Hibbs versus St. Rocks. Um stand I'll definitely be at that game. That's basically I mean, they don't call themselves a non league Hibs, but it kinda is. And then you've got like the non league Celtic is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So I'm hoping, you know, St. Rocks bring a big crowd. They bring the pyro. It's just be... I've not seen St. Rocks yet, so for them to come through to Fife, I'm super, super excited for that. And obviously, I like watching Fortin and Hibs, so, like, that's one tie. As soon as that came out, I was dancing around the room like it was brilliant. <laughs> uh, super excited for that one. See, to be honest, Craig, I've seen, I've seen both semi-recently. I think that could, that could be a good game. It could go either way. I'd have St. Yep. Rocks' as slight favourites if I was a bookie, but it wouldn't surprise me if Thornton Hibbs won either. And you're right, um, St. Rocks have one of the best followings in non-league football, to be honest, especially away. They'll, they'll bring a lot of noise, they'll bring a lot of colour. They're a good wee club, and I quite like them. Just yeah. really quickly, um, Leaf Athletic got a really good result at home at Haddington, winning 2-1, but I'd go and check out their socials, because uh, Leaf player Sonny Swanson almost scored one of the best goals I've ever seen. He's, a cross comes in, he's hit it on the volley for the edge of the box, and it's rattled the bar. Fortunately, the strikers tapped it in, but I, I'd be absolutely spewing if, uh, honestly, it's, it's Puskas Award material if that goes in. We'll move on to the northern part of the pyramid, and we had some League Cup action as well as almost a full League card. So, Nicky, what you got for us? Yeah, in the 
Premier League just focused on the Girl Cup because the kind of big big teams were in that in the semi final. Um, the first semi final, Bridget Dawn versus Dice, it was a two 0 win for Bridget Dawn, the home, the home side. Um, seems like two goals just either side of half time. Former Dice player also played for Bucky, and I think he briefly was at Mon- Montrose. Declan Milne um, scored both both goals. One open play, one. Uh, Another another penalty, a penalty. Um, I think quite a back and forth game to the to the sides at the the top top end of that um, division and to the better sides in that league, and not much to to split them. I don't think from reading all the reports. Um, so Bridget Dawn they set up the final against um, their opponents at um, Charlie Gordon Park, which is in Newmarket um, on October the first. Um, that'll be against um, Cooter. They played Stonehaven. Um, Stonehaven seemed to be 2-1 up um, with about 15, 15 minutes to, to go, looking like they were going to get a bit of a bit of a scalp there and get, get to the final. Um, then uh, Cooter got a penalty and, and levelled the game. And then in about the third third minute, they, they scored again to put them in the driving seat. And then I think just a sort of late, one of those late goals where the team's going for it and just gives one gives one up at the end to make it a little bit more of a the scoreline makes them look a bit more dominant than I think they actually were in the game and they've been sweeping most teams away um, aside this season so quite good for Stonehaven there to get to get closer they were quite close to getting a getting final that they probably didn't think they were going to get to so I think that'll be quite a good a good final between those those two sides there also in the championship. There was a game near the top end of the the league with Devon side versus um, Longside. That was quite one of the um, few quite close games in that division, um, with Longside managing to to scrape um, a one 0 win. They'll probably be in the the chase for the the second promotion promotion spot, and be interesting to see if Devon side can kind of keep up. They've had a few um, losses to Lossy Mouth, and now this one there's maybe dented there. The promotion, their early promotion push that was a bit surprising. Um, and I already mentioned their kind of senior outfit, but the Banks of D juniors, um, they look pretty nailed on. I think Graham had said that they were nailed on to get promoted and um, he's definitely looking looking like he's proved correct on that one. Um be surprising um, how many points probably they lose this season because that's completely 100% um, record. 4-1 win over New Elgin. Slightly interestingly with the weak quirk of the fixtures, that's the third time in a row that they've um, played each other with the um, League Cup and uh, they managed to get drawn in the Scottish Junior Cup. So um, New Elgin, I think, have lost 4-1 twice and then I think 7-0 or 7-1 they got beaten the other one, so I don't think they've managed to get close. So next week New Elgin will just be happy to play anyone else, I think. And, and seen Banks um, come back, but looks like they'll they'll get up to the Premiership where probably probably they should be as as these leagues sort of um, even out and the teams get to where they should be. We'll stick with North the North Caledonian League, but it was mainly cup action there as well. Annoyingly, the podcast team Bonner Bridge were beaten four two by Inverness Athletic, so they're in a they're in their bad books. But on a on a serious note, right, I went to Inver Gordon about a year and a half ago now and you know I put a lot of stuff on social media and Inverness Athletic they got they got wind that I was heading up 
and like it's, it's nothing special. I get I'm kind of mortified every time my team kind of contacts you. But Inverness Athletic, they said, but we've got something for you. Come and come and see me. So uh, I met the guy, uh, Sandy, the chairman, and they gave me a pin badge and a scarf as well, which was phenomenal. I mean, I wasn't even there to, there to see them really. They were the side show. I was there to see them for Gordon or do Inverness at some point, but I was there to see the, the other team and it, I left as a kind of Inverness Athletic fan. So when I went home, I, you know, I thought I'd kind of support the club a bit and I bought one of their shirts just to give something back, but that's what it's all about. So Inverness Athletic, they're in the bad books, but they're not really. I still like them. <laughs> Class we touched that. This, that's the sort of thing that, like you said, can make you look out for the results. Want to go and want to go to the teams' games and nice wee touch. I've got I've got another one as well, just on North Cali teams. And um, through the week, last week, what what games should I go to? You know, I ended up at uh, Haddington, uh, Dunbar and Haddington, but I put on social media what game do I go to? And I think Lock Lock Ness were talking about going up to Holkirk, which is just. I'll get there at some point, but it's just a bridge too far for Glasgow in a day. That's that's a nightmare of a journey. Loch Ness offered me to go up in their team bus, which that, that is class. I'll definitely take them up on that at some point. He says, if you want to come up to an away game on the team bus, if that's easier for you, you're more than welcome. And they said it'll be an experience, so I imagine they're, they're kind of wild, the players. But again, that's it's it's top class. They don't, they don't do that for you. That's a fantastic gesture. Like Fair play to them. Well done. I think I think I'll do it just just for the buzz, but I, I don't know when. It's still it's still uh, a long way to go. Even getting home from Inverness once the buses got back for Holkirk is a bit of a nightmare. But <laughs> it's got to be done from a project. Aye, but, definitely. But Nicky, result wise, yeah, um, what do you think? Sponsored by a gin company, so it might be a good might be a good bus to to get into if they've got a load of free gins in. About <laughs> I think the yeah. man of the match always gets a gets a bottle of gin, so might be one a bit of a. Messy one getting back from Inverness to Glasgow if you've been <laughs> on that bus. But wait, result wise, anything stand out to you? The big big game, as you said, there was some cup action, but the big game has to be Fort William versus Invergordon in that in that league. Um finished four three to Invergordon. We'd said um I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, um Invergordon had played Loch Ness and finished four all, so another two two teams at the top of that division and this time seven goals. Sounds like from the reports and a completely mental game. Um Fort William completely dominant about thirty five minutes they were three nil up. Absolutely looked like absolutely cruising. Um Martin Monroe he'd scored scored twice for them. And then Inver Gordon um managed to get back into it and by half time it was three all so a bit of a mental ten minutes for Invergordon to get back to three all. Um calmed down a bit in the, the second half. Um Callum Murray managing to grab the winner to take all three points for Invergordon, but definitely sounds like um the game you want to go to and um it's a bit of a, a cliched place, but Fort William is just an amazing place to watch watch football. But that um and that puts Invergordon top with um just them and Loch Ness are now unbeaten. But um due to the cup games Loch Ness haven't haven't played as many many games as, as Inver Gordon, but looks like in that league at least the uh, the two two favourites originally are gonna be the ones duking it out at the, the top of the league. But North Cali might be the league if you're desperate to see some goals, that might be the league to, to get up to. Fort Williams been on my list ever since that BBC documentary on them. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure they probably got a lot of neutrals going up to their, their games on the back of that documentary. But just the backdrop of the like ground and stuff looks fantastic. 
Anyway, yeah, some, sometimes those things are they're like um, over egged and they don't feel as good when you go. But Fort yeah. Williams definitely one that's that's kind of lives up to the the hype of it, and it's definitely one I would, would put in that people have to go to. I don't know if any of you follow Fort William on Facebook, but every time they put a post on saying like we're we're playing today, this is kickoff time, that kind of thing, there's always a bunch of English people commenting on on them saying good luck, best of luck, hope you win. So I think they've they've got that kind of cult following from even down south, people that maybe don't know yeah. much about Scottish football, but they know exactly who Fort William are. This makes me sound like an old man, but it was a streamer, I think, of football manager that um it was it's really famous in that in that um that world. Um, he he was them, I think, and and seemed to get loads of fans um, supporting them after that, or at least following them on really? the social media after that. Yeah, I think he ended up working for Belgium. Ah, you're um, right. Sure, aye, he did. I remember yeah, football manager. Ah, he did. That's you're right, Craig. I'm sure yeah. I, I read that. I think was that their their ex manager was like the. He was from somewhere down south, but he was some job in Bel- the Belgian team. But he came over. Um, I think he w- was under um, Roberto Martinez, and then he came over and was their manager for the final the se- final half of the season in um, in the Highland League. But, yeah. um, but I think I think um, don't know where he is now. But I think they did improve, but not not enough to stay up. So there's one more league to cover. I mean, there were kind of sporadic games in the East, the West and the, the South, but we've covered most of that with the South Challenge Cup. But the Midlands League had a full card. Now, we were talking about goals earlier. There's always goals in the Midlands League. This week, there was only 36. I say only 36 because there's usually about 50 or 60. But looking at the results, I probably could have predicted every single one, to be honest with you. The big game was Dundee North End beating East Craigie. East Craigie, one of the the kind of dangerous teams that puts Dundee North End up to third. There was a lucky derby, but that's you know that's a bit of a mismatch to be honest. Lucky United are, are miles ahead of Lucky Harp, and they'll win that ten times out of ten. But it was tighter than we thought it would be. It was only two 0 to Lucky United, so that's that's a respectable result for Lucky Harp certainly. But in no surprises there at all. I don't know what you think, Nicky. Yeah, no, I think they mostly mostly went went the way they thought they were going to go. We usually touch on the Midlands League and spend a bit of time because it's uh, honestly it's one of my favourites. But I think this week, aye, business as usual. Similar so, to Keith in the similar to Keith in the Ireland League, I noticed that Dundee North End started following me as well. So I'm going to take a keen interest in them, and their social media is really good as well. So said before that Highland knowledge isn't the best. My Midlands League knowledge isn't the best either. But certainly be keeping an eye out for Dundee West. Right, I'll hang my hat on this, that Dundee is the friendliest footballing city in Scotland, certainly at that level. I'll, honestly, I'll hang my hat and I'll say it. Every club I've visited in Dundee, I think I've done four or five of them. All of them have been phenomenal way, and the people are, are hilarious. They're the funniest people, the soundest people. Dundee's great for a day out for football. So if, if anybody hasn't been, if you haven't been, any of the listeners haven't been, just make sure you do it this season. Pick any club, it'll be great to hear, I promise. So we'll go on to the pie reviews. Now, I'm, guys, I've got a bone to pick for you, right? I was away for two weeks. I come back and you're dishing out tens like sweeties. What's going on? <laughs> I, I think I've I, I uh, done a nine, so it wasn't too bad. For, hey, Craig, I'm looking was, at you. <laughs> Craig had a couple of tens last week, I think. <laughs> my, but, yeah, my, my logic is if you can't fault it, you can't mark it down. You know what I mean? Fair, it's it's fair like... Enough. Don't worry, there's, there's certainly not going to be a 10 for me today. 
I've, I've kind of heard, I've, I've gauged where Craig and Ryan are going to rate their pies this week. But Nicky, did you have one? Yeah, I had a, had a steak pie. Uh, um, this. I think now I'm going to just go instantly and go straight to the pie um, stand and just get it. So I've had a few times where the steak have been sold out and it's been disappointing. So I think I'll just just be that um, be that guy that's already eaten a pie before kickoff. But um, yeah. Lovely, lovely steak pie. Um, lovely, lovely um, bits of meat. Loads of loads of gravy. Probably your like quintessential steak pie. Wasn't unbelievable or something you've never eaten before, but definitely, definitely a good pie and well worth well worth having. I would probably go with a seven and a half, but I think I think I'll probably go with a seven if we're not allowed half marks. I don't think anyone's had a half mark. Uh, half um, now that you're back, you, you can put your put your foot down and stop the craziness <laughs> of. I think Ryan gave the Newton Grange pie an, an eight and a half before, so okay. if you want to give it a half mark, you oh, can. I'll go definitely seven and a half then. I'll stick with my seven and a half. Perfect. Right. We're going to leave the best till last. I want to hear about Ryan's stinkery pie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I thought you were being sarcastic then, leaving me till last. <laughs> right. So, as I said, muscle bra on Friday night. So I've rocked up to the pie stand. There's about 10 minutes till kickoff. And I've looked at the menu and I've noticed they've got steak pie, steak and haggis pie. So I'm thinking, right, I'll I'll go steak and haggis pie and then I might come back at half time for a steak pie. Disappointingly, I've got a bone to pick my muscle, bro. The steak and the steak and haggis pies were not ready and there was only 10 minutes to kick off. So it's not as if I got there super early. I could have waited, but it was pouring my rain. I just wanted to get under the enclosure. I was hungry. So I thought, I'll just have a macaroni pie. Usually you can't go wrong with macaroni pie. Got the macaroni pie straight from the off. I thought it looked a bit suspect, but I thought nah, I'm willing to give this a, a try. Took it to the enclosure, bit into it, and I'm sorry to say, muscle bro, but I was severely disappointed. Fairly confident that the macaroni in the pie was that like Heinz macaroni cheese that you get in a tin. I'm sure it was that. Know that I've had that for a while, but I remember I'm sure I went through a wee stage where I ate that quite a lot. I don't know why, because it's horrific, but I'm pretty positive it was that macaroni. And the lid of the pie was basically, it was like a big bit of cheese just melted on top of the lid of the pie. Once I bit into it, all the macaroni just started piling out the pie as well and going everywhere and it just, uh, it wasn't enjoyable. Um, I was really disappointed. I didn't actually finish it either. The fun part, mate, out of 10. I'm going to just, I'm going to go one out of 10 <laughs> and that's probably been generous. One out of ten. I, I like I like Muscle Bra. I like the people at Muscle Bra. The steak pies are usually on the money. The steak pies are similar to the ones that you get at Dunbar. They're not your traditional round steak pie. They're like the sort of big, sort of rectangular shaped ones. They're usually always spot on. But the macaroni pie work needs to be done there, Muscle Bra. I'm sorry. Hey, Craig, you can uh, bring the mood back up. <laughs> <laughs> That's me banned from all of Bank. <laughs> I still, I still can't get over that because I've only been to, I've only been to Muscle twice, and the, the pies were top notch, like yep. really, really good. Um, so they must have had, they must have had an off day, like. Uh, I think so. We'll put it down at an off day. I, I don't want to be too harsh on them. I think I've been pretty harsh on them to be fair, but say <laughs> <laughs> so it's an off day. These things happen. Uh, so I, I was, as I said earlier, I was uh, back at uh, Cares Park, Hilla Beef Hawthorne on Saturday. And the last time I went there, and I've, I've been there a few times, uh, I got the 
the steak pie and I was, you know, I was talking about how amazing it was, but my only gripe was it was lacking gravy. I thought it was a bit dry, but everything else, like the pastry, the steak, everything was, you know, top drawer. Um, the one I had on Saturday, and I don't know if they've taken on board my feedback. I don't I don't know <laughs> if, if we've got that reach out there um, or it's just a coincidence that maybe the one I had last time was just, they ran out of gravy or something. I was just, you know, bad luck. But uh, they absolutely nailed it on Saturday. Um, it was it was bang on, absolutely bang on. And I think the I think the pastry might have been better than the one I had the last time I was there as well. So proof that you know, much like a football team, the performance can dip uh, and it can change on a weekly basis. So you just have to keep going. And you know, what I mean, normally you're gonna you know you're gonna get a winner. So. Uh, oh, it's absolutely brilliant. I think the last time I done the review, I mean, I, I've been I've been chucking away those chucking those high numbers out like it's like strictly come dancing or whatever. Uh, it's just I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to start like being a bit harsher, but I'm pretty sure I gave it a nine last time on the basis that uh, it didn't have enough gravy, so I marked it down. Uh, I can't. I can't give it another 10 because I've just, as I say, I've been chucking them about for fun. Uh, so I think with that one, I'm probably, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a 9.5. Uh, yeah. But what I'm going to, what I'm going to need to do is I'm going to have to stop going to good places for football <laughs> and uh, start and get some kind of fair scores on the board. Cause I think I'm, I'm going to all these places that, I mean, this is what they specialize in. Eh? Their catering is, is, is renowned. And uh, and that's why I'm I'm hitting all these kind of high scores and stuff. But I'll get I'll give it a nine point five on the basis that they did or they didn't take on board my feedback on the on our previous episode and they they raised their game. So uh, yeah, absolutely superb from uh, Hill of Beef Hawthorn. Cool. We'll go to the previews and this weekend is or next weekend is Scottish Cup weekend. I'll start and I'm going to go... I thought the Scottish Cup draw was quite dull, to be honest. There's not mm. many ties that really... Wetted my appetite. Out, sir. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But I'm going to go with Barora Rangers against Berwick Rangers. Probably for the obvious reason, and that's the distance. So I, I went to mail this on Google Maps to see how long it would take, but it went to the walking one before it went to the in a car. And if you're going to walk it, it's 266 miles, but it would take you four days to do, and that's walking non-stop as well. So for England to Brora, that's that's some away day. So I, f- I fancy Brora. I think it'll be a, a wee bit too strong, but you know they're both at the same level, they're both at the same tier, albeit different divisions. What do you think? You've you've seen Berwick more than than me, I'm guessing, guys. What do, what do you think? I think Berwick Rangers are a, a hot and cold team. I think I've seen them. And they've looked very good, but I've also seen them and they've looked bang average. They're a team that should be doing a lot better than they are. I think I would say they've probably got a bigger budget than some of the teams that are above them. Um, but that said, they are a community club these days and I respect that. So I think they, they do very well, um, but I, I would fancy Merrick Rangers to win that, personally. Ooh. I, I just, I know I'm, I'm sticking my neck on the line there, but... I like it. I just, I think they've got the experience in the team. They've got enough quality. They've got you know, a few former Hibs players. They, they they love cup ties. That's, that's what they live for, eh? So 
I would I would probably go with Barrett Rangers. This is quite interesting then. So Craig's going with, with an away win. I'm going to go with a home win. Nicky, what about you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about Berwick, to be honest, but Broda, maybe a bit hot and cold, but I just would imagine they would be too too strong. They just are a very good very good side experience, got some good good players. Um, also do quite well in the cup. Not all the Highland League sides do, but they normally do quite well in the cup. So if I was going to put money on it, I'd probably put it on, on Broda to to win that, maybe 2-1. That's a home win. Ryan, you've got the deciding vote. I could just sit on the fence and go draw here, eh? but <laughs> to be honest, I'm I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against my sort of own region and I think that Broder will get the win there, to be honest. Like Craig said, Berwick are really hot and cold. They're doing all right in the lower league this season, but I expected them to be doing better. Their last game, they only just scraped past Gretna 1-0. I mean, they've had some decent results this season. They beat Celtic, B, they beat Stirlingshire, drew with Stirling Uni, but uh, I just, I, I, f- I think the travel will be a huge factor as well. Like you said, it's a it's a massive distance for them to go from all the way to Berwick up to, to Brora. As we say, Brora seem to, they seem to be a decent cup team as well, so I'm going to go Brora. Okay, what games stood out to you guys this weekend? Is it the Scottish Cup or are you going somewhere else? Uh, no, I was going to go Scottish. Pennycook Pollock is an intriguing one. I think Craig mentioned that on the last pod and that's a really intriguing game and I think that's got the potential to be a really good game. I'd probably put Pollock as favourites just based again, just Benicook, a wee bit hot and cold, started the season well, went on a wee blip, picked up again, sitting sort of mid-table in East of Scotland but Pollock are flying high. I think they're second in the West Premier, aren't they? Doing really well. They've got a really good squad uh, and obviously they're going into that game against Benicook just off the back of that 13-0 win. And no disrespect to, to the opposition that they were playing, um, but to, to put 13 past anybody is it's going to breed confidence. Eh? So I think Pollock will take a, a really big crowd through there as well. Um, it'll be a good atmosphere. I'd love to I'd love to see Pennycook do it. I've got a lot of time for Pennycook people there. The gaffer be a tough game, but I think there could be goals in that one. I think it'll be an entertaining one. If I wasn't, if I didn't have a game. On Saturday, I'd probably go along with that one. Yeah, I think I think Pollock will take that. To be honest, I know Pennycook. Yeah. You don't know if they're going to win five or get beat five nil, do you? But exactly. Yeah, you don't know I, what Pennycook are going to turn up, but I think Pollock just seem to be consistent at the moment, and I think they'll get the win there. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Pollock. It's it's total totally luck of the draw, but I'm going to say that Pollock will go further than any other tier six side in Scotland this season, which is maybe a wee bit of a bold claim, but I'm I'm going for it. So Craig and Nicky, what games are you going to choose? It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one because I end up going for clubs that are closest to me, but it's not intentional. It's a weird one. So it's an all low and league clash: Cowden Beef versus Linlithgow Rose. They, they are both very good teams in the league, but I don't think they faced each other so far this season in the league. They've each they've only lost a couple of games each. I, I think it could be. Uh, quite an, an intriguing encounter. I hope I'm not jinxing it because I, I said that the the Cowden Beef Trinent game was going to be a classic the other week there, and it, it turned out to be uh, the complete opposite. Um, but I think you know Scottish Cup game, both teams have got a chance of uh, getting into the second round, getting a decent tie in the next round. Um, I, I think that game, if I was to predict it, I think that could be one that goes it goes all the way. I, I think I don't think it'll be settled in normal time, that's for sure. 
Uh, I think the two teams are going to be very close and it's going to take something special uh, to win. So um, I'll not jinx it by predicting who's going to win, but I think it's going to go the distance. I would agree with that. I can't pick a winner there. Because the, the game I'm hopefully going to get to um, is uh, uh, Cooter versus um, Devon Vale. Team uh, a level below, but I just you just you they've just been playing really, really well. Um, Devon Vale kind of slightly better than what you might have thought this season, but lower mid-table, Highland League side, and I, I can't quite... It feels bad saying a team from a division below is, is favourites, but um, I wouldn't quite put them as favourites, but I think it's definitely... Definitely got shock shock value um, put on it, and definitely wouldn't surprise me if if they came away with came away with a win and got to the next round. Yeah, that's a really good pick, mate. I, I won't I won't lie, I completely overlooked that when I was looking through the fixtures. But you're right, I can I can see Cooter winning that. Um, and a, a wee um preview for next week if I manage to get on the pod next week. So far, they've had the best pie I've ever had in. Scottish football, so Ooh. it could be annoying you with yet another ten. Oh, <laughs> look forward to that one. We'll see. But saying that, they'll probably have sold out, and they'll be telling <laughs> you that I've had another Bell's pie. Going to be really cheeky and just mention another uh, cup tie that stands out to me. And I can't, I can't go to the pod without mentioning my boys Keith, um, who are playing Lungcarty. Keith, obviously, again the, a narrow res- a narrow loss for them uh, against I think it was Broader um, at the weekend. Obviously, they got a good result in the, the Highland, uh, the Cup in the Highland League on penalties the other week there. Lankarty have lost all eight games, so I'm hoping Keith can get through there because I've got my heart set on <laughs> Keith versus Bonnie Rose in the Scottish Cup. I love what this podcast has done to us. It's just different allegiances and the teams we've never uh, actually seen before. You'll be the only fan with a half and half Keith Bonnie <laughs> I was going to say, rough. obviously, if, if that tie does come to fruition, then. I might have split loyalties. <laughs> nah, I've got my heart set on that because I, I need to get to a Keith game and what better uh, game than a Scottish Cup tie. Right, let's go for team of the week. There's four years this week instead of the normal five, so I get a pick, which is fun, but I'll leave myself to last. So who wants to kick us off? Probably be stealing Ryan's thunder here, but I'll have to go for Cumbernauld United. <laughs> can't, can't not <laughs> pick them. You know, 4-2 against Bonesh United. You know, as Ryan's said, there's a fantastic result for them. Big step up. They deserve to be in the next round. So, yeah, I, I can't not pick them. Sorry, Ryan. That's absolutely fine because I'm just going to take the one that I thought you were going to pick, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll go for uh, I'll go for Gretna uh, beating Davo again for obvious reasons. What we've already discussed, similar to Cumbernauld United, the fact that it's a team that were have been toiling and then. They've went and knocked out uh, Davil in the South Challenge Cup. And Paul, you mentioned it's only Davil's second defeat. So that just, again, shows how big a result that is. So I think Gretna deserve another place in the Team of the Week nominations. Right. Well, both of them were in my picks. So, Nicky, <laughs> I'm going to let you go next. And please don't take my other pick. Yeah, I've, I've got three names written down. So I'm glad you haven't... You haven't um... You haven't gone next, and yeah, two of them were getting a, getting a game in the bonus game. I'm going to go with um, Inverkeed and um, Hellfield Swifts. They were playing Kennaway Star Hearts. Um, Kennaway's not a team I know anything about. I went and saw Inverkeed fairly recently, but I think um, Kennaway's two two divisions below. I managed to win 2-0 away from home. Um, one of them, I think, was a, was a penalty, but 
just any any team that manages to do that, I think deserves a deserves a mention. I mentioned them earlier, so I'm going to stick with them. BSC Glasgow, same reason as Nicky, two divisions below. They've beaten Cali Locals three two. I've already mentioned it, so I won't go into too much detail. But they're my pick. That's a fantastic result. So there's our four four solid choices there. I think that's going to be a it could be tight. There's there's been. I think a lot of the team of the week polls have there's, there's been quite a lot of runaway winners. I think this one could be really yeah. tight. Anything else to add? No, good, mate. All good? No, that's everything. Cool. We'll wrap it there. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>